So here at Cancel Me Baby, we chit chat and jibber jabber a lot about the happenings over on social media. But have you ever thought about talking to the brains behind the operation? Someone who was behind the scenes making the magic happen? It abracadabra. It is your lucky day. It is like it is Disney World because we have a very special guest joining us today who has seen some things and who has, by golly, been in the mix of it all. So help me in welcoming Tommy Petrov. Get a load of this. Tommy formerly served as a creative director over at a little place called Snapchat. And now he's doing really cool. He's kind of like juggling a lot of projects. I mean, who isn't? We love someone on the grind. Uh, one of them is he's serving as an advisor of this really cool project. It's called Free to Shred um, in the NFT space, right, Tommy? All about um, street sports are very cool, creative things. So needless to say, um, you are kind of taking your career in a different direction direction, but you are very much on the pulse and in tune of content, how and what people are consuming what they do. So let's kick it off. Um, thank you for joining us. Okay. And, and Tommy is also Ukrainian. We are going to talk a little bit about this. Yes. So welcome, Tommy. Um, I'm going to throw the ball to you right away. So I just had a big actress on my show, Lake Bell. And we she's in a movie about like teenage girls. And in our interview, we talk about with social media and with, you know, technology, how kids these days are so effed up. They're overwhelmed. There's They're constantly bombarded with content. So given what you did at Snapchat, you looked at trends, right? Globally mm -hmm. in the US. Talk about that and talk about trends that you see with younger people. What and is there anything about it that kind of concerns you about where we're at? I think when we, I think when we're saying overwhelmed, it's more about us, about like this generation. We are overwhelmed with the social media. The the younger generation, they're less overwhelmed with the social media, with the, the way they communicate. They're overwhelmed with the content. They're overwhelmed with the with a like ever changing agenda of uh, society, changing rules. They they should. Keep it up to date. They actually one of those people. Most of those people are actually impacting the change. And when we talk about that, like Gen Z, in quotes, don't love the overall generation theory, but like in this case, just like let's call them Gen Z. But in this case, it's visual communication. It's like instead of words and text, like we did it in our generation, they using pictures and videos and mm -hmm. shots, AR, you know, kind of movies to communicate the emotional state. And they, what they feel, what they, it's instead of like posting, you know, like, oh, you know, I have a hangover after like last night, it was a great party and things like that. You just one picture when you just distorted like hell and you just, it, you, your face is weird from the, some filter and that's saying it all. That's enough. You don't need to text it. So visual communication is the biggest to my point. The second one is probably values and how important things are for them. They're feeling pain of the world, if you can say so. they kind of like up to, you know, impact and what, what's going on with the world, what's going on with the, with the, with the nature, with earth, with, with people uh, on the other side of the planet. 
uh, I think they catch more empathetic than other generation and they feel it all and they need like to stream this somewhere Psycho psychology in the pure form they need to stream their pain to stream their thoughts to some to some point and have have this way of communicating it's important it's almost like a therapy or diary that you, you have for that thing but is there something problematic about the fact that people and kids younger and younger have no attention spans and to your point are getting world news information content in such ADD short kind of bites. I mean, I don't know. I think I told my audience this, but funny enough, I'm in the, I've been in a few month long process of pitching a pilot to Snapchat myself. And yeah. it is like the ADD Olympics, yeah. like literally yes. the attention exactly. span of a gnat. Talk we call it bite-sized content, and it's it's a literally like a trend, if you say so. But it it happening for seven years al al already. It's never started right now. It's the generation grew up on those kind of like way of consumption information, and to to be honest, there was there's no you know back uh, to the way it was. There's no way back. Basically, we need to learn to live in it, and they like this is the only way to consume things right now unfortunately, but then you will find um, an interesting phenomenon, like YouTube videos of three hours of people watching and, you know, not stopping because, because it's interesting, because it's relevant, it has an impact and it's like triggers something in them. Um, I think that's, that's the way our educational system will change to have like a smaller chance of information and uh, more of like project learning when you just combination of small, like little things, but altogether it, it helps you to solve a bigger problem. And uh, I think that's the way, I don't think we have the, the you know, way back for, for this generation. They will definitely consume in the bite size. So you're basically like, we are on the road, the path of no returning, but what happens is just speed up and speed up until it's literally a nanosecond. Oh, no. no, it's, it's just like the, this user, user case of, uh, what's the um, minimum of, uh, your information with this speed, like what, how much you can consume because our brain changing and evolving. And like when the scholar system was like basically invented, then like, you know, like British Empire tried to make everything work in the same matrix and like in all the parts of the world, they have uh, the imperialistic spots. And for that, they invented the system when you educate everyone the same things and, and, and have this 45 minutes class. And that's where it's, okay for that time, but it never changed through like 300 years. And now we need to kind of think about like how much we can hold the attention with the speed of consumption that we have right now. And it's less than 45 minutes. Unfortunately, it's 20, 25 minutes. And uh, and it's in case we need to do this and we have high motivation. If we don't have like with content, we don't have high motivation. So it's literally a very small chunks of information, very bite-sized, like getting right. your attention from one thing to another. It concerns me because I feel like it's why so many people have anxiety and depression because our brains weren't made to be so overstimulated yeah. all the time. But let's talk about the content itself. Like we pretty mm -hmm. much, you know, we've established the format, the quick bite size, that whole thing. Um, I have given even places like TikTok a bad rap because of listen the bite size thing it is what it is i have a problem with the content and it being so mindless and is it making people stupid so 
I don't know if you saw this story, but with TikTok in particular, I saw a story how obviously it's a Chinese uh, app, right? They control it. And yes. And I saw a story that they regulate it in China different than they do here in the US. So I heard that in China. Completely different apps. Like, to be honest, right. this is like different apps. It's like educational. They have the weirdest content there too. Yeah. It's educational, smart content where over here it's people doing viral dances. It You're depends because they, they also have like a weird, very, like it's more cultural division rather than like, uh, you know, uh, oh, all stupid things go there and all smart things is stupid here. It's let's not like, like that. Let's it's, make Americans stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, I, I, uh, I have some, I subscribe for several threads where people looking at the most weird um, uh, content from Asian TikTok, like from Chinese TikTok and post it for us. And it just feels culturally so weird and so far from what we know uh, and that's why I, I love to see this because this is like an actual diversity of things uh, and it's different so and how it's they so? have this, how so it, they just you know like there's um kung fu uh thread okay. a huge amount of like things about like a kind of like a um, asian movies trends and they kind of replicate a lot of like the facts there there's like a very uh, irrational humor that will probably not you know go with with the with the with the audience in us and it's just kind of like interesting they have their own micro world and i think that's the future there will be basically clusters of different people who wants to see what they want right. it's not like it's not anymore aggregated like a, not yeah. homogenic thing that everybody looking at the same thing it's not like this so i know people young generation gen z looking for signals for trading at tiktok and they literally like looking what they invest next and what's going on with the market through following certain wow. people who are getting them signals through TikTok reels and others. So it's financial education right now. I'm subscribed to several of this. You can literally hack your like, you know, taxes and like how you how you do your financial things from TikTok. There's a lot of bullshit, but then it's 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 about kind of like next step of moderation curation yeah. and um, evolving of the overall format i'm tech uh, optimist for sure but i believe that it's kind of moving that way so content wise itself whether it be whatever it is dances sports news information mm -hmm. given that you looked at trends at a place like snapchat like i said globally is there something people on the outside like the common folk like myself yeah. wouldn't know that you were surprised to be like wow a lot of kids and a lot of people like this um first i think that it's not kids anymore uh like it's uh it's considered to be like you know um that it's like 19 years old like sitting to watching tiktok it's 19 till 35 and it's 75 percent globally and uh 35 is not kids anymore. 28 is not kids anymore. And this is a lot of people. And there's, um, and this age is kind of a little bit moving with, with the aging and the new people are coming and finding something for themselves. So it will be some division on that side and there will be some developing on this side. Uh, the next thing is just, I said like, this is like an um, visual communication saying more than words. And this is like an interesting how they behave. Um, Purpose-driven, um, purpose-driven kind of like looking for purpose-driven brands, looking for purpose-driven people. And uh, that's uh, also new things. So I think there's a, the amount of people who just 
you know, careless or just uh, ignorant is the same overall centuries. It's not changing. There's a small amount of like very smart people. There's a lot of people who are curious and want to know more. And there's like a huge chunk of people who just don't care. And this percentage proportion of those people not really changing, even though we have a lot of education accessible for all, all, of, it, all of the people. But in this, from this perspective, I don't think there will be a big shift. Mm -hmm. But we can do more quality and more, um, you know, more content for people who are actually curious and actually developing skill sets and looking for using those tools for, um, um, for you know, developing and being, becoming a better people on that thing. So what did you find with that being said, like I said, really people are drawn new, like something that you're like, this is a surefire topic or thing like something people really was like a sure thing every time um trying to <laughs> content wise like if it's like a topic or you know mm -hmm. um people you know but before that i think that the biggest shift that happens um most of the people who are creating content, they are telling things about themselves. And the biggest, the, the most often question is like, who will be like, you know, watching this about me or about my story? And people who actually become like a successful creator, they have this answer. They just, or they just not asking themselves about it. It's just like, they, they need to share this information. They cannot, you know, stay uh, silent anymore because the things they share is very important for them. Most important is what's happening with them and how they perceive information or what has how they react on things that happen in the world. But uh, it, it's you need to kind of overcome the thing. Who will be watching this question? Then you will be much more free to kind of start creating. So this barrier still exists, and this is like interesting how with the with the younger generation the barrier you know it eliminates. It's just disappearing, and people just start using it in the different way. And I think many frustration and many question that you ask is not from like overall global com community it goes from us being in the middle between generation between like millennials like we're like millennials but like next and uh, next generation and gen z is having completely different problems with the social media because they born when they were already exist and they like it's a you know digital native generation they basically uh, don't have they cannot imagine the world without it so whatever frustrate how yeah how we frustrated from that they are not frustrated they still learning and the tools are evolving but uh, but it's they have different problems for sure. So you spoke a little bit about looking at trends globally and the mm -hmm. differences between like what we're consuming here in the U.S. versus overseas. Yeah. Do you have any insider thoughts on like looking at everything from almost like outside of it? what it says about us collectively, like here in the US, how we consume and what yeah. we consume and how it differs from outside of us, people, you know. Uh, um, it's definitely, uh, so I just wanted to be sure that it's more about like cultural and mentality and like things that are, you know, popular here wouldn't go on uh, other countries because the problem they struggle are very different. And like, um, and again, like when you're trying to solve those problems, like, Ukraine is looking for their, you know, like struggling and fighting for their identity right now. And most of the TikToks there is like 
pro you know pro um patriots and like pro patriotism for like love for the motherland like what we are who we are there's so we it's need like to first class really, it, it's like first class problems here basically exactly, like people dance exactly, you're not going to see people exactly. doing viral dances yeah. in ukraine like yeah. and and it's still it just will be on the you know it could be a dance but on the like flag uh, on the background or something like that it's it's just the way they're trying to support they're trying to elevate the mood of the nation and they 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 they, they, they purpose different purposes and i think that one of the first classes you say in quotes it's it's just like finding our purpose and finding like an, as a nation and finding like in a way to talk about it and the way to educate others and there's some smaller kind of communities that are doing it so what i'm i'm not believing in that everyone can do like one big thing it's just so the dispersed it's just it's mm -hmm. separated yeah, we have those aggregators of people who are uh, joined to the like-minded you know crowds and trying to say things and hear things they want to do so we're creating those bubbles and it's important to my point you can see it as the bad thing but i see it as a good thing because we were separated on this earth and in those countries with different political you know visions and things like that with with artificial borders and now there's a lot of people in the common neo fear that's like informational fear that start to 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 experience same values and they want to find in the different parts of the world people like them and that's what social media is doing and that's why we need those like content creators to gather around them with those with those messages right now the messages most of the messages are pretty shitty and unfortunately but we will evolve as the as a platforms so i'm not saying just about the snapchat i'm saying that overall we will evolve to the point when those messages will generate a lot of kind of productivity for society well speaking of that i'm curious you know you're talking about communicating effectively getting messages across in the most impactful way mm -hmm. i want to pivot and talk a second about ukraine obviously i'm sure everything that's going on is hitting very close to home no pun intended for you obviously yeah. you're based in la I lived in LA, you know, and look at everything through, you know, an entertainment pop culture lens. That's my background and my world. I'm curious for your takes on two things. Mm -hmm. One is Zelensky and his wife posing for Vogue in the middle yeah. of all this. And the second is celebrities like Ben Stiller, Sean Penn, um, I, I believe uh, Jessica Chastain um, going over to Ukraine and, you know. Angelina Jolie too. It did, yeah, Angelina yeah. Jolie did? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so what are your, what's your take on all of that as somebody who is from there? Amazing. I'm super positive about both of those facts. The reason is that Zelensky, he, he has this media background. He knows how media works and he keeping Ukraine on top of the charts as a news by doing whatever he's doing as the leader. And I think he's doing a great job and thanks for him, we're still kind of, uh, I think that he's, he's being a most popular politician right now in the world, doing great job of putting and showing as an example what's going on to make people not forget what's happening there, to use any chance to remind what's happening with Ukraine. And I think the, the this, in, in, huge help with whatever comes from all over the world, especially from the US. It's because he's doing this job really good. And um and in and again his wife, his he never left Kiev. He was there. 
they I just listened to this podcast with this guy called he's a his advisor, military advisor of um uh president office. And uh he said when they were like in the first three days, they knew they will be killed. So they all stayed there, they not they had no doubt about it. And uh with being there and like all the partners, all their you know, people were saying, Hey, Glimmer. You need to go. You need to. You need to survive because your president, your leader, it would be a bad. It's you need to go. We'll stay there, but you need. And he said, just he said, I will not leave this office. Like you should stop talking about it immediately. And and that was kind of like it. That was the last time you day. And they stayed and they survived. And actually now it's the the the, the situation is changing. Ukraine's starting to do different things. They just starting to kind of like poke and start to kind of getting back slowly um, to the land that they own. And so, I mean, I I think that because he actually good in, in, in this, he, he he was on screens right before he became a president. He was an actor and he did right. a lot of this thing. He knows things, how the media works. And he's, yeah. he's using whatever power he has yeah. to make it vocal, to make it visible for everyone in the world. You know, I feel split about it because I did, when everything first started, I said exactly what you did and I gave him props. I said, listen, because people gave him shit. They're like, oh, he's an actor. What does he know? Blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, clearly he knows how to effectively reach and communicate and mobilize people, right? And rally people behind something. That is not an easy thing to do. But with that said, I'm not gonna lie. I felt split when I saw the Vogue thing. I was like, Oh, like, okay. Like part of me is like, it's like that Kardashian thing. It's like, you are going to get, you are a master of branding, of getting yourself out there, of getting your message across no matter what. And then part of me was like, is this like tone deaf doing this stylized, you know, photo spread in the midst of all of this horror and chaos? This chaos will continue. People live in this chaos. You know, like Kiev is working, the restaurants and techno parties, like everything is going there and the war happening at the same time. So people are actually living between those worlds. And this is a new, that the 21st century war, that means that on one side of the building, there's like a bombing happening and people killing each other. On the other side, like moms and kids are like walking their kids. That's there's two parts of the life. You cannot just expel because we have the problem, because we have a war. It doesn't mean we're not talking. We're not making, you know, their the work with media. And it's just not, this is, even if you will be now in Kiev, mm-hmm. you will hear this siren of like an uh, air attack, but you also will go and have your latte with the macadamia milk and on the mm-hmm. cafeteria there. In the same time, you can go and party, and this next day you can volunteer for the army, and and that's that's the reality. And after like three weeks, people are just you know making this new normal as accept this as a new normal and start living this. And that's why uh, probably we're in a different stage when we're looking at this from from other from other side of the ocean. It's it reminds me how you describe it of when I visited Israel. I was afraid to go for the longest time and I went and it was literally the best experience, one of the best experiences of my life. And I'll never forget it because it's what you're describing. I remember we did a tour, we were on this big mountain and we literally heard bombs went off and the tour guides were like, oh, those are just bombs over in, you know, whatever. And then you're in Tel Aviv and it's like all these gorgeous people in bathing suits and, and bronze and, and partying and having the time of your life. It's like, 
it's it literally is like the tale of I mean, two cities they live in this like for 50 years i mean in this case i was there through antifada i was there through the Lebanon war and i spent there more than five years in, in israel living there and i was volunteering you know like kind of getting um uh, what's this called um debris of uh, of the bombs uh from the forest right. where the are going so i was volunteering kind of cleaning the passes for tourists in in the ramada galan and yeah. uh and that was kind of like that was fun and interesting and it's still right. kind of like war is happening and we're right. you're young and you're kind of living your life and you cannot spend it all this time like being you know doomed and looking at this as the as you, kind of there's no right actual behavior to my point do you feel like americans because you've been here how many years uh around four four, four. years okay so fairly new you're a, a u.s baby yeah. um yes. by our standards <laughs> absorbing it all in real life you're in la the content what you're saying it's like the contrast of life outside of ourselves yeah. What is your take? I mean, do you feel like, is it, are you like Americans are, I mean, listen, I think that this is the greatest country ever. I'm so proud to be from here and our freedoms and the idea of the American dream. But is there a sense of, you know, like entitlement, they're in their own worlds, they're stupid, fat and lazy? <laughs> like... um, I don't think so. I completely changed. I didn't have any stereotypes when I came here. I actually was like raised in on, on the, some a lot of movies and culture, cultural things from from US. And um, my my point was, um, I actually broke those stereotypes. I think that you're highly functional. And there's, I, I finally got my green card, and I'm saying thank you, and I'm I'm very very glad to get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it came to me like a few weeks ago, and. Uh, and just my learning was that um, there's a, such a sorrow, such a like detailed and profound processes here. People thinking deep. They're not like getting out. I know that a lot of people, myself included, are trying to visualize my future where we are not good at planning. Just the reason is because we have so many crises through the life. My parents lost everything they got two times, once after uh, the uh, Soviet Union was, um, you know, break, break. and then a uh, couple of crises in the 90s and, and Ukraine and Russia was horrible. And those kind of thing. Now, my my brother who stayed there, he, he started his career as the prosecutor of the city. He was really good at attorney. He was really good in, in what he was doing. Then Russia came, occupied Crimea. He was fired immediately. He could not go anywhere. He was on this like stuck in this territory. Mm -hmm. Next time, he was just building his his career. He was building his uh, business, like a, a, a business, like a lawyer consulting firm. Best in, in the region, start to get all the ratings and awards. Eight years he was building and the war started. Now he's in Israel, dropping, you know, like trying to get clients, trying to survive and things like that. This is uh, this is such a, he needs to start every few years. So this mentality of many people like myself is we cannot plan for like 12 years because wow. we just cannot plan to two years. We, we don't have those like, you know, pension and things that we don't think about it just because we don't know if the next year will be, you know, good for us. Or it's like it's survival really mode. Exactly. Like, and know, it's like happening for generations. You said your green card. Yeah. Is it true that you're an official voter and member of the Academy, the TV Arts and Sciences television. Academy? Yeah, Television Academy, Emmys. Yeah, I'm voting for Emmys 
for interactive <laughs> media, media. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. Like, wow, fancy. Yeah. I, so I've been to the Emmys. I've sat front okay. row at the Emmys. Yeah. You've been there, so we must have just missed each other. I would have bought you a drink, although I think that they're free there at the Bama uh, Bar. I, I was paying. I don't know. I was just, <laughs> uh, you know, I have a life hack for for people who are visiting Emmys. Uh, don't buy the expensive tickets. Never. You just go the the cheapest one, and then you just can change the the, the role because uh... every every like fifteen minutes they have this like the advertising pause, and people just you know, coming closer. So in the end of the show, I was sitting among those stars, like on the row fives, I think. And yes. it, was, it was so fun. And I was I like- I can't believe I missed, I can't believe yeah. I missed you. And I was, it was fun. And I was like sitting with like from Free Fleabag, it was like uh, this um, actor from Stranger Things. And I was sitting between them, like like I'm getting next to the stage, getting my Emmy, but it was not true for sure. So I will <laughs> say, I don't know in this, in your experience, but shit always not goes down, but you really see celebs letting their hair down at the open bar at award shows. Yeah. Like I have seen Zoe Kravitz, yeah. Justin Hartley, like everyone you can think of in line for the bar because they're all yeah. like they, even they are like this is way too long but yes, democracy if that's how it works stars in the lines <laughs> it's the great equalizer the bar exactly. line right the great exactly. equalizer yeah. and they're no funny business you talk about sitting with the stranger things cast so when i would cover them i was there for us weekly so i would try to like in, you know in between commercial breaks everyone gets up and walks yes. around yes. so i would like shenagle my way with all the cast sure enough the this like huge security guard catches on to me because i'm so not discreet he's like girl you you got he literally kicks me out so <laughs> another great equalizer is the bathroom because where do i sneak off to is the bathroom backstage yeah, and that is another bad. story for another day but exactly. yeah this is a great life hack so i know how to change roles and kind of come closer to the main stage but now i'll i'll go to the bathroom more often just to meet them you know <laughs> if you this was what i learned in hollywood if anything if you act like you know where you're going clearly it yeah. took a minute for me to learn this no questions asked so tommy last question for you because you are really moving into the nft space given yeah. your work in like traditional which is kind of weird to say but platforms like a snapchat right i want to mm -hmm. ask about where you see all of this going because here's a story that comes to mind so you know trump released his own social media platform i think it's called truth mm -hmm. social and mm -hmm. this country singer released a song on it meanwhile i'm like what is truth so like truth who like who is even on this thing right mm -hmm. this country singer released a song on it and this guy, like Billie Eilish was eating his dust. He was like number yeah. one on the charts across, like in the, across the, you know, in yeah. the whole world, I think. So yeah. to you, what does that say about where people are getting things, the expansion of these platforms? What, what does that say? That's exactly the trend I mentioned before. It will be about groups and values. It will be like a country with their like ideology and beliefs in the different platforms. So we'll find a place for each, you know, whatever crazy ideas you have in your head, you can find a place with like-minded people and talk to them. And then we'll create even more, you know, kind of bubbles that might create even more um, separation and like the um kind of gaps between us to kind of but we in, eventually we will learn how to speak about the things because this thing is always happening through generation every like 100 years uh there's a you know innovation empathetic generation come and there's like 
you know, more uh, traditionalist people staying and trying to keep and preserve what they what they build because they benefit from this. And the new new generation, younger generation, this is the poorest generation in our history. And uh, like the, the the boomers own the pension funds, basically that's their money, and the pension funds owning the whole tech industry in the United States. Like this is the most you know all money, and the uh, the boomer money is the basic you know economy stage of. of uh, where we are right now. And the younger generation, who, when they're born, they have the debt of their future student loan. You know, they, they need to find a way to coexist. They need to find a way to basically build the bridge between uh, each other and start negotiating and talking. And the gap on the value side uh, is not only the problem, it's also gap on the financial side. So our parents in our age, especially in the US, it was, it's actually global, but in the US it was very, you know, more visible they own houses and cars they were all they're doing this and now there's a lot of memes and, and and i believe that memes are reflecting this basically um air subconscious of the humanity i love memes because it's literally a new form of digital art where you can it really is an art form isn't it like a exactly. meme is li- almost like a piece study. of art the problem is that people are not studying. I think we like all the uh, art, contemporary art institutions should study memes because this is like how people now, you know, connect with the values and impact and impacting the, the agenda. So you can find those uh, little jokes about like, oh, uh, my father owned the house and, and has two kids and three cars. I'm, I have an iPhone and I'm like, and then in my parents' basement. Traveling an Airbnb. It's true though. Because when you think about it, you look at a piece of art, you go to a a museum and it connects with the human spirit on some level. It makes you feel something. And that's what a meme does, oddly enough. Like you see it and you have this kind of collective experience. But my question for you is, and before we wrap, you talk about how it's going to branch off into people and their interests. So people will go to Truth Social or we'll go to, you know, free to shred, or we'll go to wherever their interests lie. And you talk about ultimately the bridge coming together, but I just don't, how does that happen if everyone's going to their like respective, you know, clubs at school? That's the stage, basically. We need to find ourselves. We need to find that there's like kind of like the borders of that we live in the same country doesn't mean that we have all the same ideas. So you, the first reaction, I need to find people that thinks like me. Then you find them, you feel that you cannot get everything from this crowd. You right. need something else. You need to find bridges. You need to, that's, I believe that competition era ended and now is a collaboration era. So okay. we need to find a way to collaborate instead of compete. Variety and still is the spice of who's life. Right. But like, this, this question between generation, who is more right? is the competition question. Collaboration question will be how we can coexist, yeah. how we, what we can do to transfer, you know, wealth from, you know, boomers to to uh, Gen Z, help them, not just giving them money because it doesn't work. It's about investing in their ideas and their energy in their future because the older generation doesn't have those energy and, and time. So you can transfer to find those ways, products that will find content that will help to actually eliminate or actually build those bridges will will be the, the next main thing because each time, each century when it happens, the big war outbreaks if there's no way to communicate. So if the generation will not find a way to communicate, it will be some kind of like way of, you know, it's go out. 
So with that being said, this is my last question for you because you talk about the clash of the generations. I think even a funny example is the boomers who are watching cable TV and millennials and Gen Z streaming everything on tablets, right? Like in kind of even cable news or old school talk shows kind of getting their way out. Now, how do you see this, be honest, playing out with apps? platforms like i always think to myself does instagram have a shelf life look at vine do do you see some of these platforms going extinct i know you have no hard feelings with snapchat and it's all good but Mm -hmm. as the nft space grows all of it everything what you're saying do they really have a shot at longevity far far out yeah it's interesting i i i've seen when wine gets uh, he was like very popular i was working on marketing with a project called cold and they did almost the same thing but not like it was a horizontal video like gif but with a sound so you could like repeatedly having the same video but the soundtrack was different and there was a lot of jokes there i love this platform i thought it's genius but for some reason it didn't go you know like for some reason and i i think i remember i was like literally feeling the same feeling that I'm feeling right now when I use TikTok and it's like same addiction basically, but for some reason it didn't went well. And uh, I'm interesting to see what will happen with those kind of, I think they will evolve to the point that will pivot to the, to the creative economy a lot because this is cannot be driven by enthusiasts anymore. People want to earn people want to make it their profession. Like, the skaters want to earn from this like for living not just for hobby same with the mm-hmm. with the bloggers same with the content makers they need to make it it should be taken seriously and if platform doesn't take it seriously they basically they will pivot to make the creative economy work um if it's not uh and some of them will die just because of their um value and significance so value difference between mm-hmm. the generation and where they're standing i think that a lot of things happening right now in this market and you see how stock reacts all the things that not business driven anymore it's about like values it's about like one mentioning or like some um, inaccurate or ignorant phrase that makes stock drop and it's it's not a business anymore it's about be cultural relevant and it's not about numbers some it's still there it does but there's a big issue at the emerging trend of um, uh, value and purpose-driven things that are relevant and are you know important for us. So the study says that we are eager to use brands that we quite you know sharing the same values, and um, it's a seventy-five up to eighty percent of people who choosing the brands with the same values. And it, it starts. You cannot be apolitical anymore. The brands cannot not participate in the conversation. We see this big shift because when I started to work in advertising, it was like fifteen years ago. As a creative director, it was it was like forbidden to say things. You know, it was like religion, politics, everything was like out of the scope. For advertising, it was just not no no go. And now it's the opposite. You mm-hmm. cannot stay silent. And it goes to the largest brand who was always like, oh, we for everyone. We are so in a happy life. No, this is this this time ended. That's it. I'm ready for it. I'm excited about that. Well, Tommy, thank you so much. What a fun, fascinating conversation. And listen, I hope that next time you are in a bathroom with Brad Pitt, you think of us here at Cancel Me Baby. Always, yeah. That's that's my my dream too. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, thank you so much. Um, have a good one.